Silence! It's time! It's time! It's time for another episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Can you dig it, sucker? Grab a sentence pack, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a sentence pack, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a sentence pack, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a sentence pack, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 205 of the Drunk Dash Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tyler, and joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Man, I am doing fantastic. After a hellacious work week, having a day off, and actually doing stuff that I want to do, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling pretty damn good. Went ahead and got myself quite a few games. <laughs> oh man, going by GameStop, got, uh, I actually discovered that I had like about 50 to about $70 worth of like GameStop credit, like on my card, and I did not even realize it. So I used it, and I purchased Nier Automata and Titanfall 2. So, man, that in and of itself is pretty awesome. At the same point, left me with a couple, a little bit more extra room to see if I can go through and get in something else. So currently, I have some PSM like uh, money stacked on my account. So I may be eyeing the Darksiders collection, but I'm just just giving it like a couple days since the whole like Golden Week sale stuff doesn't end until uh, May 9th. As a recording, this is like the Saturday, May sixth, yep. I believe. May the sixth. So. With you. By the time you guys listen to it, the sales will most likely maybe be over. Who knows? It just depends on whether Tyler can like go through and edit and do stuff. But uh, it'll, it'll, it'll <laughs> yeah. be out Sunday. You'll, you'll be hearing this on Sunday <laughs> if you download it the day it comes out. Well, yeah, man, I'm doing fantastic. How about you, Tyler? I'm doing all right. I, I have a question for you guys. Yeah? Am I the only one that finds it weird? We're all grown men here. That porn sites have share features on it. Yeah, I always thought that was weird. Fuck yeah, that's weird. Like, yeah, who's who's like, sharing porn? Like, you like <laughs> put it on your Facebook like, wall or Twitter feed? Like, that just seems weird. It's like, hey, hey, guys, <laughs> if you want to know what I just spent the last three odd minutes doing, here's this video. <laughs> I just Let's go ahead. And just, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, could you just imagine just going through on a porn binge or something like that, just sharing your all the German Shisha videos all yeah. over the fucking Facebook wall? That that would be just terrifying. Uh, glory hole. So that's what you're into. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just think it's weird. Uh, but anyways, other than that, it's just been bothering me for months. Uh, I just I just found out about this thing called porn, internet porn. Like just just now. Weeks ago, I swear. Yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been real My busy right in the meantime. Is, yeah, yeah. My right arm is now three times the size of my left arm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> other than that, I've been doing okay. Uh, things are slowing down at work, so I'm not working nine million hours a week now. So it's pretty sweet. Uh, nice. Yeah, a little more time to play games, which we'll get into and do other things. Uh, live, um, but I don't work Saturdays anymore, so I had the whole day to myself. Another weird thing. So my dad, he is 47. Uh, yeah. Fairly young for uh, you know I'm 27, uh, but uh, we were uh, I was helping him 
uh, fix the front axle on our, our car to or his car today. And, uh, I'm not the biggest, uh, mechanic in the world. Like I know parts, but I'm not the best at, as far as like fixing things, but I was kind of helping him out. And we got stuck at a point. He's like, we got to go to the YouTube and figure this out. And he kept referring to it. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Call it the YouTube. And then like six more times, he kept saying the YouTube. It's just, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm even talking about it right now. But it just bugged me for a long, like, it's still bugging me, like, ten hours later. It's like, the, it's it's just called YouTube, Dad. That's all it is. And then you go to the search engine well, and well, look it, it up. It is the it's only it is. one, though, so he's not necessarily wrong. Yeah. That's true. I grammatically yes, I yeah, but it's just it just threw me off. I don't know why, but it's just it was weird. But anyways, off my tangent. Troy's back. How What's are you cracking, doing, everybody? What is the business? Uh, yeah, I'm back. Uh, I've had a hell of a week. Um, lots of school stuff. I am. Uh, as we're recording Saturday, I have done most of everything that I need for school. Uh, I think all I've got left is one, possibly two final exams. Uh, the reason why I say possibly two is one of my classes, uh, I took a- another class with the same professor last semester. And literally the day of the final exam, uh, he told us when we sat down to get ready to take the exam, he told us, okay, we'll open up a browser, uh, go to the school online, you know, website you know where all of you access all of your homework and everything like that he said look at your grade if you're happy with your grade you can leave you don't have to take the final uh and the grade that you have there will be your grade but he literally waited until the last day to spring this on us and so i'm taking (laughs) another class with the same professor that almost goes uh like one for one the same exact format as the class that i took last semester so i am hoping that he is going to do the same thing and on the very last day be like, okay, well, if you're fine with your grade, uh, you don't have to take the final. I'm currently sitting at just over uh, 96%, actually closer to 97% if you round it. So uh, I would definitely opt to not take the final in that class, but I'm not certain. And that's the thing that kind of sucks is because uh, I don't know if I should study and if I do study how hard I should study, but I think that's probably his his strategy in the whole thing by not springing on us. Um, and then otherwise I have one more class that I need to take a final in, uh, which is one of the classes that I've kind of struggled in this semester. I had two B's going into this last week. Uh, that class I've actually just edged into an A and I have calculated that I need to get at least a 72% on the final exam to, to have an A in the class. Uh, the midterm exam, I think I made like an 83 on that exam. Um, and I actually took a hit on part of that exam because there was a take home problem, uh, which I ended up, uh, taking home, but I couldn't get it done before I left for PAX East and it was due on Sunday and I was still in Boston on Sunday and I had no access to be able to do this take home problem. So I ended up taking a late hit. So I lost points on that, that take home problem because I didn't turn it in until after I got back from PAX East. So I am pretty sure I'd have gotten better than an 82 on the the uh, midterm exam so i feel pretty good about being able to get at least a 72 on the final exam to get an a in this class and then finally the big chunk was my other class where i had also a b in that class um was the uh semester long uh group project where we basically built a a business from scratch and kind of as the semester went we did all the research and and everything like that well that culminated in uh, we had a, uh, basically a business plan to write. We had to write a professional report on the, 
on the business, basically a full analysis of the business. It ended up being 60 pages long uh, that we had to get, <laughs> yeah, that we had to get professionally like bound Damn. and everything. Uh, so I spent basically most of last week and half of this week uh, getting that report ready. So everybody wrote their individual parts, but then we got to come together, edit it, and make sure it sounded like, uh, it didn't sound like five different people had written this report. Like you have to go and put it all together and then make it sound like it's in one voice. You know what I mean? Uh, so we had to do that. And then mm-hmm. I spent two days kind of perfecting the paper, getting it ready to get printed. And then pretty much all day Tuesday, uh, running back and forth between Kinko's and the computer lab, trying to uh, iron out details to get this report done. Uh, got that done. And then Wednesday, uh, we had a 20-minute presentation of the business to uh, faculty members. So there's a panel of faculty uh, that we basically had to present in front of. This is the capstone class for the MBA uh, in lieu of what you would consider like a thesis. Like a lot of times people who, who are graduate students, they have to do a thesis paper. Uh, this is that for my MBA program. We basically had to go and create a business business from business from, from scratch. scratch. Uh, and then we had to present it. So. Uh, and that included, I mean, we had to, I, it was suit and tie, you know, professional PowerPoint presentation, uh, and then followed by 40 minutes of question and answer from the, the, the faculty members. Uh, they basically grilled us on every aspect of the business. Uh, and, and once again, I had a B in this class going into this and, uh, this, the, the report and the presentation are worth 85% of the grade. So like. Even though I had a B, like the vast majority of the points in the class were still up for grabs. Uh, I think we did pretty good, uh, but I still not am not certain. So this week I'm going to try and sneak down to uh, the professor's office during his office hours and kind of get a feel for for how we did because I suspect he's not going to post the grades until the very last minute. And uh, like I said, I I currently have a 4.0 GPA and I would really really like to graduate with that 4.0 GPA. Uh, no so shit. yeah. Uh, but otherwise, everything's good. I know I have a guaranteed A in at least one class and probably two classes. And then uh, one of them should be pretty easy to get an A. And the other one, I have no idea. And I'm stressing out about it. <laughs> and I've also been spending today uh, grading the last of the papers that I had to for my uh, teacher's assistant job. So uh, I should have some, some free time coming about pretty soon. Relatively free. I have to get yeah. ready for graduation this next week, and then I have to be out of my apartment the following Friday. So there's a lot of stuff going on with that. Uh, but hey, I can play some video games. Hopefully, there you go. <laughs> true. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, a positive in there, I guess. It's a amazing, crazy month for you. Uh, yeah, definitely. And e- even going into June, uh, my wife's got her board exam still to do, and also the search for a job and a place to live. Uh, as of right now, the plan is that we're going to put all of our belongings into storage, uh, not next week, but the week after, uh, while we search for a job and everything like that. And of course my wife still has, uh, both a written board exam for her dental hygiene license and a practical board exam where she's actually has to find a patient, take them to Albuquerque, New Mexico, and basically clean half of their mouth and be completely watched over and graded over that. Uh, so it's going to be kind of a crazy yeah, month and a half or so. Uh, hopefully, it turns out well, though. I'm I'm yeah. excited, but also a little bit nervous. Yeah, that's just natural, though, Troy. I mean, hell, I bet you and your wife are going to do very well. Yeah, in doing the rest of your stuff. I you certainly just gotta hope keep so. on chugging it. Yeah, you keep on chugging it. Keep on continuing, man. I mean, you're not finished yet. There's still a lot of shit to do, but at the same point, 
Just think of it. Once you get this shit done, you're going to feel like a million bucks. No yeah, doubt. True. <laughs> uh, on that same note, though, I'm probably going to be uh, uh, missing a few episodes of the podcast because next Saturday is the day that I graduate. And then uh, by the following Saturday, I have to be out of my house. So most of my stuff is going to be in storage. So I don't know if I'll have the capability to record a podcast. I might have the laptop. I'm not sure if my wife will need it. Uh, so it may be able to record, but I'm not certain. So we may, you know, I may be missing for for a couple of weeks, but I'll try and keep you guys up to date on what's going on. Yeah, understandable. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I, yeah, it's all understandable. These are big life uh, events and changes going on in your life. So. Although it makes 100% sense. Um, but this is a video game podcast where we like to forget about all the crazy shit going on in our lives. It is bullshit about video games and other nerd culture things. So that's what we're going to do for the next some odd, whatever minute, however many minutes we feel like talking. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to jump into some uh, what we've been playing lately. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Troy. I know you've been busy, but I'm just wondering if you've yeah. been stuck in some games since then. The only game that I've been playing, and I've I've played a fair bit of, of it considering how busy I've been, is Puyo Puyo Tetris on the nice. Switch. Oh, okay. Yeah, I picked that up last week. Um, actually, it was funny. I, it, I think I, I think I might have upset Tyler a little bit on the internet uh, over that. Not, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it's funny, Monday. I judged you, but I was upset about yeah. it. Monday, I uh, I thought I had a dentist appointment on Monday. It's actually this Monday, but I had gotten everything ready and got out the house, and I was in the car, and I was calling the dentist's office, and I was like, hey, guys, I'm running late for this appointment. And they're like, uh, we don't have you for an appointment. And then the girl's looking. I'm still driving, and the girl's looking in the system, and she's like, um, no, your, your appointment's not till next Monday, which is this this coming Monday. And I was like, oh, crap. And uh, my mom was actually – so my parents, my mom, my dad, and my brother – they went camping uh, at a lake that's near the city that I live in. Uh, they live in Roswell, which is a good 250 miles away from where I live right now. Uh, but they were at a lake close by, and, and one, they wanted us to come visit them. But, of course, I've already told you how busy I was this last weekend, so I didn't get an opportunity to go see them. But they were passing through to get fuel, and my mom wanted to stop by Walmart to get some coffee creamer that they don't have at, at the Walmart in Roswell. So she, she usually has us get it and take it to her, but she was passing through town. Uh, so she was going to get it. So I was already out and about. So I was like, oh, well, I'll go meet up with them. So I met up with my mom and we went, you know, to Walmart and stuff. And, and she bought some groceries for my wife and I because mothers like to worry about their children. <laughs> um, and then so once <laughs> I was done with that, I went over to uh, to Best Buy. I was like, well, let's go see what's out there. Uh, I was wanting to get Puyo Puyo Tetris because I knew that the physical copy of the game on Switch was kind of a limited run. Um, mm-hmm. and I was at target the night before and they had no copies of it. So I was like, well, I wonder if Best Buy has it. So I went into Best Buy and of course this was the day that everybody was, uh, was super excited about Mario Kart eight deluxe, uh, mm-hmm. with, for, for a good reason. Like I, I don't want to take anything away from Mario Kart eight. It's an amazing game. Uh, but I was in Best Buy trying to find a copy of Puyo Puyo Tetris and I looked everywhere. It was really tough to find it, but I actually ended up uh, seeing that it had like three copies of it on the shelf. So I went ahead and bought it. Uh, and then I took the picture of it in the car and I was like, hey, instead of going and buying Mario Kart 8 Deluxe today, I made the absolutely correct decision to buy Puyo Puyo <laughs> Tetris, which upset some people. Uh, people thought that $30 for a Tetris game was ridiculous, uh, to which I say this isn't just a regular Tetris game. Uh, it's actually a, a really, really good Tetris game. And 
there's a lot of content there. I mean, I know uh, some of the people on on the ship. They're like, well, I tried the demo, and it's it's just a Tetris game. It's like, well, there's there's a lot of content there. Like, it's not just a Tetris game. Like the Puyo Puyo side, just in and of itself, you know, adds an interesting twist. And the fact that you battle between like switching between Tetris and Puyo Puyo, and like there's different yep. game modes where they're literally like swapping them on the fly, and and a lot of cool stuff like that. They also have a a story mode uh, that I've been working my way through. Uh, I've realized that I have a problem when it comes to games. Uh, so the the conceit of the story mode is real common among other types of games that are similar where the, you have like three stars. So it's like you have certain criteria that you have to meet to get stars. Uh, and so it's like, oh, well, you get hit this level and you get two stars. You get hit this level, you get three stars. And I have this tendency when I play a game like that, that I have to get three stars in a level mm. before I can move on to the next level. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> So it's like a completionist mentality. So I've I've only like so once again along the same lines of this type of mechanic, uh, the levels are grouped into like a chunk of like ten. So you have like one dash one all the way up to one dash ten, and I'm probably two thirds through the first area. So I'm like one dash eight, but I'm going through and literally trying to get three stars on every level before I move on to the next one. Um, I don't know how many areas there are, but it's kind of interesting. Uh, so they Puyo Puyo Tetris is a game that's been out for a while in Japan. Uh, the Tetris uh, license is kind of an interesting thing. So uh, for the most part, uh, Ubisoft has the license to release Tetris games in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just recently released a Tetris game on the PlayStation 4, which was apparently pretty close to hot garbage. Yep. Um, it was. <laughs> so uh, this Puyo Puyo Tetris game had been out in Japan for a while. It's actually produced by Sega. Uh, and it it was so highly regarded that a lot of people were importing the Japanese version to play on the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. Uh, that's huh. how like sought after this game was. And I actually had contemplated importing uh, the Japanese version. I uh, Giantbomb.com got really into this game for a little while. And I think they were kind of responsible for the upsurge in uh, interest in this game. Yeah. Uh, and I almost imported the Japanese version because I was so intrigued by the coverage that Giant Bomb had done for it. But then I come to find out that they were bringing it to America in limited quantities to, for the Switch and the PlayStation 4. Uh, and the circumstances behind it are kind of interesting. Like, So the Switch, it's available digitally for $30. It's available physically for $40, but the physical version is a super limited release. Um, and then I think it's only available physically on the PlayStation 4. It's not available digitally at all, and it's not available at all for the Xbox One, even though the Japanese version is available on the Xbox One. Yeah. So there's a lot of, like, weird, like, huh. circumstances surrounding the different versions of this game that you can get. Uh, but they, they did a really good job of localizing it. Like, they went through and did a complete uh, voiceover uh, uh they did a voice translation in English. Uh, everything is translated over. Like they, they put a lot of work into this this port, uh, and and it's actually a, a really good, charming game. And the reason why I picked it up was because I knew that it was super limited. Uh, Mario Kart Eight, like I'll be able to get that anytime. One, I already own Mario Kart Eight on Wii U, and I own Mario Kart Seven on the 3DS, so I have a portable version of Mario Kart. Uh, I definitely will get Mario Kart Eight for the Switch, but that's not something that I'm in a huge hurry to get. And I felt like picking up the super limited uh, run of Puyo Puyo Tetris was probably a better idea. And plus it was 20 bucks cheaper. Yeah. 
understandable. Uh, yeah, like you you mentioned, I wasn't upset about it. I just was. Yeah, I, no, it was, I just it was funny because you, your your response was those might be fighting words. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a big fan of Mario Kart, and I was just kind of like I was like like I was at break, and I'm like oh I feel like trolling somebody. Oh Troy, he's all right, good time. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, like Thomas and uh, Mike. and Mike yeah. probably took the biggest exception to to it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it is what it is. I, I felt like it was it was a logical choice, and I, I stand by my decision. I will get Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. It, it looks like an amazing game. I watched a quick look for it, uh, and and a lot of stuff on it, it looks amazing. Uh, but I chose to spend my my uh, money on uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris, and I got yeah. a couple of really neat uh, keychains out of the deal too. I got one little Puyo and one little Tetramino. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was hanging out with uh, Justin just last night. We're talking, and he got uh, Tetris uh, Puyo Puyo. I can't say the word Puyo 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 Puyo. I can't do it. Fuck it. It's it's over. Puyo 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 Tetris. Did I get it? Yeah. Okay. Cool. My wife calls go. it Puyo Puyo Tetris, which is Puyo is uh, uh, chicken in Spanish. So she's all chicken chicken Tetris. <laughs> that, sounds like <laughs> that sounds like a good game, actually. Let's make that happen. Um, but he Converging he actually he, he picked shapes. up that uh, that game as well instead of Mario Kart, which he kind of talked about like his that's he comes home from work surprising. and his uh, uh, his daughter I believe is five actually hopefully I'm not wrong there um, he'll come home and she's playing Mario Kart eight on the Wii U it's just like she's happy with that version and he likes to play games and his daughter watches a lot so why uh, you know why spend sixty bucks on that game again when She's perfectly happy, and he's perfectly happy with playing that version. So I understand that. Um, yeah, I have. I talked about it on the podcast before, but my main cons- cons- consumation, I guess, is I don't know, consuming of uh, of Mario Kart lately has been playing Mario Kart Seven with my daughter yeah. in Italy. So that's you know, I'm good. I've got Mario Kart Seven on my 3ds. That's all I need because that enables me to play with my daughter. Uh, from halfway around the world, so I, I can go without Mario Kart Eight Deluxe for a little while. Yeah, understandably, and I don't believe I, I could completely understand why, like, why a lot of people that own, especially that own a Wii U, why they don't get that that game. It, it makes one hundred percent sense. Uh, I, I picked it up. Obviously, I thought about last week, and I think I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and go with what I've been playing lately. Um, I played a few of the fifty CCs, and obviously finished first in those with no problem. Um, like like we talked about last week, it's a great game. Fantastic game. If you own Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U or you haven't, definitely, I think, especially if you haven't, you should pick it up. It's a great game. Um, but, it, yeah, it's still a good game, shockingly. Uh, yep. Now it's in 60 frames per second instead of 59. Um, so it's slightly better. <laughs> um, the main things I've been playing, uh, I, I like I mentioned last week, Outlast 2, I went, came back the next day, tried to play it some more. Uh, and I think I kind of I, I tapped out on it. Uh, it's, I was going to see if I was going to ask if you came around on it. I actually listened to last week's podcast and how you were talking about how disappointed you were in it. Yeah, and I, I still am. It's it's a bummer. And I you know like I talked about last week, I love the first Outlast, and while my issues stay the same, they had an update come out there. They kind of balanced it a little bit. They made it a little more easier. I'm kind of curious if they made it easier because I I feel like. The hard parts of the game, and it's not really a hard game, is just the parts like where you're being chased, and a lot of the a good chunk of the game, especially in the first bits that I played, is you're um, you're being chased, and if you take the wrong turn at all and you lose two seconds, then you're pretty much dead. You got to start over. 
And I think that's what kills a lot of it. Is it if like I, I imagine if you played this game and you like you found the perfect like the the route you're supposed to go, that maybe you're still enjoying this game. But what kills it is it's the trial and error of the game. And like, oh well, that was a wrong turn. Okay, now I got to do this whole chase sequence over again. And like the eighth time you're doing this, oh, I found there's this little hole in the fence, or there's this area I could slide underneath. Um, it, it just kills the illusion of uh, of the horror in the game. It becomes more of an annoyance than anything. And I played it, and I, I actually looked up where I didn't I didn't spoil the game for me, but I kind of looked up like. Kind of like the areas that you had supposed to go through. And I looked up where I was. And I'm like, I'm five hours into this game, give or take. And I was even halfway. And I'm just like, alright. Done. I'm not, I mean, I'm not playing this. I'm done with it, unfortunately. And it's a bummer. Because, especially, I paid 30 it's a $30 game. And, you know, you sink, in, sink money into a game. And it's digital only, so I can't even trade in and get some money back for it. It's a, it, it sucks even more. Uh, especially for uh, you know the first one, I loved it so much. But um, the two main games I played this week, uh, I mentioned it last week. I bought them. But at that point, I hadn't played them yet. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is Kamiko. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Uh, it came out. It's been in Japan. Uh, it's kind of like uh, the the Puyo Puyo Tetris game. Uh, it's been on Japan on the Switch for a few weeks now. Uh, finally came over to the uh, states. Uh, it's on the Switch, five bucks. Um, it is, I think, pretty awesome. Uh, the one downside I have with this game is, before I jump anything else, is I beat the game in 56 minutes. And I know that because it it times it for you. Yeah, so, um, it is a top-down, Link to the Past-esque, uh, kind of game, uh, with pixel art. It looks, I think, it looks really good. It looks like an HD Link to the Past, which I'm cool with. Uh, and the combat, so there's three different characters you have. You have a character that's, that only has a sword. You have another character that only has a bow and arrow. Then you have another one that has a sword and a bow and arrow, but they're not like, they're, yeah. they're, they're not, they're power, their attacks aren't as powerful with the other ones. So it's kind of a middle ground kind of character. I played the game with the, the sword character and I tried a little bit of the other two, but I prefer the sword one, uh, more than anybody else. That's just kind of what I'm, I'm used to. Um, there's four areas and kind of the main goal of each area is to get to these like pillars and activate them. And it kind of, op- like you open up all four or you, you activate all four of them and then you go and you fight the final boss and you go through these, these areas. Um, I think it's a fairly easy game. I only died one time in the entire game, but it's still a really fun game. It kind of reminds me of, uh, it's like hyper light drifter light. Which, if anybody has been listening to the podcast for a while, knows how much I love Hyperlight Drifter, um, and uh, kind of like Gauntlet esque, I guess in a way, uh, just kind of like the enemies and the way they come back and they fight and you fight them. And but it, it's it's just a really well made uh, fighting game, and I, I like the, the enemies change over time, every level, and it's just relearning like. Alright, cool. Like they might look the same, but there's different ways you go about them, fighting them, and then add different uh, enemies per every level, and it's just fun. It's it. I you can't like I jumped in. I beat the game in like one sitting. Like I, I it was it was great. I was, I was watching wrestling, and I just started playing the game, and like holy shit, I beat the game, and it just flew right by for me, which I think is a good way to tell if a game is good or not. Uh, but yeah, it's 
it's really good. I, especially, it, it, yeah, 56 minutes, that seems short, but it's $5. And the Switch is a whole lot of games for it right now, so it's, I, I think, I feel like you have 5 bucks and a Switch, you should probably buy it. Huh. As I was say, does it have, like, a tempting. new game plus or something that, like, will get you to want to continue to play it even after you beat it the first time? Uh, No. But they have the three, like I said, the three different characters, so that you can kind of, you can go back and play it again. I, I feel like that's probably the closest thing to a new game. Plus, is just like you can play it again, and it's a different game every time with if you use different characters. Uh, and then like finding like secret areas and like all that, like and upgrading your because like, like every time you beat an area, you upgrade your health and you upgrade your points, uh, which the points you use to like activate like open chests or activate the pillars like I was talking about. Um, and it's always pretty cool. That, and the boss battles are actually really good in this game, too. Um, like, my one real complaint about this game is it's fairly easy. The only time, like I said, I died one time. The only time I died was in the final boss. Literally, like, the final um, form of the final boss. Uh, and only because there's a special attack that you can do. Like, you can charge up in your main attack and do, like, this crazy special powerful attack. And I had no idea that you could do it until I got to the final boss. And the only reason I found out about it is, like, they don't tell you anything. There's no tutorial. There's, no, there's like, a little, like, little cutscene at the beginning telling you, you need to do this to save this or whatever. And there's really no story to it. There's, like, a, there's like six lines of dialogue at the beginning and then, like, three at the end. And that's it. Um, so I would recommend, if you don't make the mistake I made, just, like, as soon as you start the game... Go to the pause menu, look up the controller, uh, the controls, and get all your uh, info from there, because uh, it will help you quite a bit. Because like, if I knew about that special attack, uh, it would have made the game even easier. Actually, actually, I guess so maybe you don't want to do that. I don't know. Um, but there's, there's, there's a special <laughs> attack in there that you can do, but you have to maybe do, do it. that. But then maybe don't. Yeah, it's weird. But you have to do it in the final boss. Uh, but I don't know. It's still a really fun game, and it was just like I it just kind of like it, it was just. I feel like I was playing an old school like game from like the '90s and stuff, and it was just like at the same time. It's like when I was looking at the game, I kept thinking back to Hyperlight Drifter. Not nearly as good as Hyperlight Drifter. Don't get me wrong; I love that game, uh, but it's still like uh, it's still a really well made game um, for what it is. So, like I said, if you have five bucks and you have a Switch, pick that game up. Um, there's really no reason not to. Uh, the other game I played and I actually finished today is Little Nightmare. Uh, came out. I want to say last Friday. Um, it's on PS4, Xbox One, and I believe PC as well, so Steam. Um, it is a inside Limbo-esque type of game where it kind of has a lot of the same... It has a lot of that style to it. If you So if you like Limbo or Inside, um, you know what I'm saying. Uh, it's, it's a side-scroller, um, but the, the one big difference from those games, Limbo and Inside, is that it's... 3D at the same time, so you can move back and forth through the rooms. Um, but so you 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 play as a character named Six. I don't know if there's any relations to Eleven from Stranger Things. <laughs> um, but you're on a ship called the Maw. Uh, no relation to the game uh, Maw that I know of. Um, so it kind of starts off. You're like you're this tiny little character, no bigger than like a, the, some of the rats. You see a lot of rats in this game. You're a little bigger than those. Um, and you have like a trench coat on. The only thing you can see is your barefoot. You can see the legs and the trench coat. So you never see the face. And you, you just, like I said, side-scrolling, a lot of platforming. And the one 
so it's a it's a good game to play through. I think it's a fun game for what it is. Um, it's twenty bucks. I would wait for a sale. If you see it for five or ten, definitely pick it up. Especially if you like Limbo or Inside, and you're wanting more of that. Don't expect it to be nearly as good. But uh, if you want something like that, you're missing that in your life. Pick this game up. Uh, so you, as you go through the game, there's a lot of it's a, it's a lot of platforming to it, and there's supposed to be some puzzles. I'm using parentheses when I say puzzles. I was going to say supposed to be some puzzles. Yeah, because the, <laughs> the puzzles are like super easy. I feel like I'm going through the motions, I guess. Uh, like you're just like you walk into a room and it's like a, there's a bunch. It's just you walking through a lot of different rooms and finding out what you're supposed to do to get to the next room. And you get to that room. It's like, oh, okay, just move this here. Move this chair here to jump and jump on the chair and then go through this hole, and it's really not puzzles. It's just like you're going, you're just moving the thing to get to the next level. It's like it. Yeah, it's like uh, I've played video games before. I know I'm supposed to get something to climb up here. Oh, look, there's a chair there. So was, of course I'm supposed to grab this chair, drag it over here, and climb up on top of it. Exactly. That's what it is. And, and like the at most, I think in a few occasions I spent a minute or a minute and a half to take like to figure out. Oh, okay, I'm supposed to do this. Uh, cause there's no real tutorial, but the, like the little bit they do in the beginning, like kind of goes through all the basic elements and it never really advances from there. So it's just, you're kind of good after you go through that first, that first section. Um, the one, some of the coolest things about this, I think is, uh, is the art style. It kind of reminds me of like, uh, what's that nightmare before Christmas, Kind of style, like yeah. so much claymation, like a Tim Burton-y. Yeah, like if Tim Burton made a game, and he's like, I love Inside. If Tim Burton wanted to make his own Inside game, this would be it. So, so some of the creatures you see in the game are really cool. Like, so you, like one of the ones, the first one you you see is he's blind, but he has really good hearing, and he has like three foot long arms, and it's just like the you spend a good chunk of time trying to get away from him and the puzzle, like. Kind of the way to get around him without him like grabbing you, uh, and it can be frustrating at points sometimes where like it feels like he's like how how like he just grabs you like you feel like you're safe, but he just just close enough to grab you and basically eat you, and that's the thing of this game. That's kind of the core thing is that everything on this this boat you're on the mall wants to eat you, <laughs> so it's just so it's best. Australia. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah, like pretty much everything just wants to eat you on this and on this boat, and you're you're just trying to. I don't even know. Like you're trying to get off the boat, basically. Um, and uh, they didn't even tell you you're on a boat. The only reason I know you're on a boat is because I read the description before I bought the game. Like other than that, you wouldn't know it really that you're on a boat or what what the hell is going on that your name is six, uh, any of that. Like you just it, the, so are. Go ahead. Are you supposed to be the little nightmare, or are the things around you the little nightmares? Um, without spoiling anything. Okay, don't spoil it. Yeah, it's tough to talk about without spoiling <laughs> anything. Um, okay, like because don't spoil it. There's no story to it. There's no talking. There's no dialogue. Anything at all. Um, but there is like the 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 way your character goes throughout the game. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And like, I don't want to talk about it because it, it ruined the game and the fun of that game. I think. Um, but like I said, like going through the game and dealing with the creatures and the art style of this game is what makes the game. It's the selling point of the game is the creatures and the art style. And the more you like, the deeper you get into it, the crazier that shit gets. 
Um, my biggest issue with this game is is the 3D element sometimes makes the platforming parts of it uh, really difficult. Where it's just like I, you you can't tell how you're lining up. So it's like I gotta jump and jump to this rope over this like ledge. I gotta jump off this ledge to a rope and then slide down the rope. So you look like you feel like you're pretty good. Like okay, jump and then but it's like actually you're like nowhere near the rope and you just jump to your death and you die. Now do this whole section over again, uh, or jump on top of this thing, but actually you're nowhere near it. Like it's kind of t- tough to tell like where you're jumping to is in the foreground or the background sometimes, and like you just so you just kind of like you feel like you're good, but you jump and it's like holy shit, I wasn't even close to it. So I I I died a lot in this game, but all but maybe one or two of them was actually from like actual like gameplay elements like me being caught by an enemy or something like that uh it's just like trial and error of knowing to to jump on this platform where that platform is and how to get close to it and the checkpointing is pretty bad too where it's like you got to go through like like i said like going through these rooms a lot of times is just like you know what you need to do it's just a matter of doing them and it just makes it annoying sometimes um going through three different rooms climbing up all these platforms to get to this jump again, uh, that's it's really only two minutes of doing it, but after your third or fourth attempt of trying to jump on this thing, and you're just like you're you're trying to figure out how to get there. Uh, it gets, Especially if like the reason why you failed was because of like some weird mechanical issue, yeah. and not like oh I totally screwed that up. Like you're just having to overcome the mechanics of the game. That yeah. that could be super frustrating. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's a good way to put it. Is like it's the mechanics of the game. It's not me being a bad bad gamer i guess uh and that's really like it could be annoying at times but i feel like if you keep you, you keep playing it and if you get to the like i would say check out the trailer and if you like that art style and you think some of the creatures you see in this game are look pretty cool then play through the game because uh, it's all pretty good I, I beat the game a little under three hours uh, another complaint is that i feel like the the first couple like enemies you go through are really cool and it, like the next one is just like oh that's the final boss there's like no build up to the final boss there's no uh, uh, foreshadowing at all in this game it's just kind of like oh that's the final boss and it's over like it just feels like there's a section of this game that is just been cut out or it's missing because it it just kind of like ramps up to the end and it's over uh, so I just did the math real quick yeah. and at twenty dollars three hours that's six dollars per hour ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, $6.66 per hour uh, for Little Nightmares, whereas the Kamiko game, $5 for about an hour, it's it's actually a better value than Little Nightmares is. Yeah. If you're taking dollars per hour into account. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would, if I had to, like, say, get one or the other, if you had a PS4, Xbox One, or PC, and the Switch, get everything under the sun to play, uh, fuck. I'd probably <laughs> go, if you want to play a game go with Kamiko if you're looking for um, an interesting possible story and a world something to grab you um, then I think Little Nightmares would be that would be that for you uh, it just kind of depends I guess on your mood it's, it's tough because they're two totally different games one's all gameplay one's little to no gameplay other than moving the, the left just stick left or right going through the motions yeah um 
yeah, it's, it's tough to, kind of, I guess, pick one or the other because they're so different. But I think both are really good games with some pretty big faults. Um, but they, they do enough to overcome them to make them good games. Uh, like I said, Little Nightmares, if you see it on sale, 5 10 bucks, I it's a for sure pickup. 20 I guess, might, could be pushing it for some people. I don't regret the purchase, but uh, I, I can see if, you know some people might. It could be too steep for them. That's what I've been playing. Um, I picked up Prey. I haven't played it yet, um, but I plan on playing a lot of it this week. Uh, what about you, Gables? What have you been playing? Gables is gone. Gables. Gables. Gables, are you there? Must have walked away. That son of a bitch. Yeah, it's showing. Showing he's still in the call. Yeah, he 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 he, he walks away sometimes. <laughs> Maybe he's getting the ice cream for everybody. Surprise! Yeah. I hope you brought enough for the whole class. Fucker, you better. Uh... So, little nightmares is a pretty good game. Right? Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's PV good. So, tell us, Gables, what have you been playing? Uh, yes, you gotta forgive me here. I just had to step out, just <laughs> do a couple things, put the dog in the bed, you know, just shit. But anyway, <laughs> what I've been playing this week is predominantly little bits here and there. I mean, during the gaming week, I really just didn't really play too much of anything until like around uh, the, pretty much today. I've gone through Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I am now... Clear through 50cc with all courses, 100cc with all courses, and uh, I'm beginning on the 150. My thoughts have kind of remained the same from last week. The thing about uh, the thing that I've noticed pretty much is uh, going through going through the races and stuff, and like the item frequency has really increased tremendously, especially when it comes to like uh, the blue shell towards like uh, the end of not like just the end of the races, but just being hit like two to three times per race with a blue shell gets kind of annoying after a bit, but on the most part and stuff like that, the game just feels really balanced, even though the amount of frequency of items being like tossed at you, do this and do that and stuff, I'm still winning races where uh, (laughs) I'm either lapping a few characters or going through and uh, being not even like a few seconds, maybe like close to about 20 or 30 seconds, winning over, like, uh, people who are inside second or third, so I haven't had too much issue so far going through the the earlier CC settings, which I shouldn't, because, hey, it's a Mario Kart game, and normally 50cc is a very easy thing to go through, but uh, 150ccs, I'm picking up a little bit more of the difficulty. I barely won, like, uh, <laughs> the third race out of the four that I did for the Mushroom Cup on 150cc because I kept getting items spammed a lot, and I managed to edge out, like, uh, I think it was either Mario or Luigi or something like that at the very last second when I went through. I did the little special jump that you do off of uh, ramps and stuff like that where it does you press the button and stuff, and it does, like, a little move or something like that. Then I did that while going into a paragliding, and because of the car that I had and stuff, the the speed and the acceleration and stuff like that are a little bit quicker than normal. So I see my glider just go through and just speed right through and just cut Luigi right off, and I finished first during that race. <laughs> but uh, 
I am really happy in terms of my purchase with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe because my the biggest benefit has been taking it with me on the go while doing errands out and about. Just getting in a couple races here and there, putting in standby, then going through, doing a couple things. <laughs> it's really the ease of use, you know, just the accessibility of Mario Kart 8 anywhere is really beneficial, and it just uh, kind of makes me glad with the Switch in general, just bringing, like, console-like experiences, you know, like how Zelda Breath of the Wild is, and how this one, Mario Kart 8, it just feels like a natural evolution of, like, console gaming in and of itself. Because, hey, I can go ahead during the week, I can play my Switch connected to my TV, but if I really wanted to do some, like, errands or something like that, I can take the device, go on the go, play a few rounds of Mario Kart 8. It's just that type of game where it's really relaxing. But uh, other than that, I've downloaded quite a f- I've actually downloaded a few games from the whole PSN Flash sale. I ended up buying Rainbow Moon, which I am going to be trying out probably sometime soon. I say probably sometime soon, it's because, yeah, it's just that time of the year where I'm scouting for different types of games to try out, to play and stuff, and who knows what I'll eventually get to it, but uh, apparently I'm in the urge to try to play a little bit more of the Vita, as I also downloaded Steam's Gate. What Steam's Gate is for anybody that's uh, kind of not in the know when it comes to some of the niche PlayStation Vita games, yes, this is a visual novel that I've heard all sorts of praise for. It actually has a particular anime also. But I've seen certain gameplay of uh, Steen's Gate around a year ago. I've been waiting for the right opportunity for the price to go down so that I could purchase it at a reasonable price. Which, fortunately, for the PSN like Golden Week sale, it was only counted down to about $3. Which that's pretty that's, good deal. That is a hell of a good deal, considering that was a forty dollars game at one point. So I download it, and as soon as it downloads, I start up the my PlayStation Vita, start playing it, and uh, as soon as I as soon as uh, I started playing it, I looked at the clock. It was already like about an hour and a half, and basically I was just uh, going through, reading a bunch of the text, reading a bunch of things. But the thing about Steen's Gate that's really interesting is the story. The story has a way of easing you in and actually latches on to your interests in certain specific like uh, scenarios that they present you opening up at the start of the game. It's sort of like a slow burn where it uh, slowly opens up until like around I would say an hour of playing th- like playing the game in and of itself cuz pretty much what you're doing inside of this visual novel style game is you're mostly reading text and you're going through Maybe hearing some voice acting stuff here and there, but uh, as uh, soon as you're like reading certain texts, there will be certain like words that'll pop into like little random like definition, little bubbles and stuff, where you actually have the access to press the L button when uh, you're not reading intense dialogue and actually read through some of the terms that uh, it presents. I kind of like that feature. Say if you don't know a specific term or specific like uh, reference they got, they actually have something handy for you. So when you press like the L button, you can go through and read a bunch of the different types of definitions. Like I didn't know that there was like supposedly like this uh, mention for oh boy, there was this one like person that by the name of like John Tito or something like that. 
back, uh, and this is, makes a reference to like old internet posts from like uh, the early 2000s. But apparently, they made a reference to this one dude who apparently was from the year 2036, right? And he went like November of 2000, posted on a message board all these like different types of like uh, future events and all this other type of shit, which was kind of fascinating. Just reading some of those blurbs and stuff. But it's just little instances like that where it just uh, presents you with a bunch of, like, terms. It's not afraid to go forth and just, like, go through and start spewing different types of terms, different types of, like, philosophies, different types of, like, uh, theorems, like, scientific theorems and stuff that you can actually read, go through and read some of the definitions. And it can be quite fascinating, and it has me sort of hooked to an extent where I want to delve in a little bit more. But let's see. At the moment... I'm probably going to be playing it maybe a couple times throughout the week, possibly. More than likely, it's going to be my Saturday go-to game if I'm, like, really not feeling into, like, being stimulated too much. Because this is easily the type of game where I could probably have, uh, well, sit in my chair and stuff, just, like, vegging out a little bit. Just like, okay, I'll read something like this, do this and do that and stuff. It's kind of more similar. I kind of akin it to an actual, like, anime series to... You know, where you can just binge watch a couple episodes, turn it off, then just go through and continue to watch it on, like, say, like, Hulu or Netflix or whatever the hell. But uh, it has me sort of interested in buying its sequel, which is also Hmm. available on the PS4 and on the Vita itself. Well, pretty much that's what I've been playing. (laughs) Sweet. Yeah, very nice. Um, So this week, as far as news goes... Uh, it is going to be a Nintendo heavy week, uh, pretty much all the big... again. Again, yeah. <laughs> uh, they've been dominating the news since basically January. Uh, so first up, For real though. Yeah, uh, first up is the Mario slash Rabbids uh, Rabbit game that um, the Rabbit Rabbits, popular from uh, Ubisoft. Um, that game was rumored a few months ago. Uh, people thought it would be a launch title actually for the Switch, and it was it was talked a lot about in December and January. Um, so it's pretty much been proven to be real. I guess some con- concept art has been out there. Uh, Kotaku has confirmed the game is in fact happening. It'll be out in either August or September. Um, Ubisoft is developing the game. It is going to be a turn-based combat game uh, with two-player co-op. Uh, a goopy sense of humor uh, is one of the big things for it, and obviously Ubisoft is is in charge of making this game. Uh, Mario is huh. going to be in it. The Rabbids are going to be in it. Uh, this game sounds terrible. What do you guys think? Sounds interesting. Ooh, I think it's crazy that Nintendo is like basically handing mario over to ubisoft to to try and put it into this game like that that's a lot of control that they're just handing over for mm-hmm. their basically their biggest character it seems kind of crazy yeah it does seem really crazy for the sheer fact that uh well not only just the sheer fact that the nintendo is actually licensing out like going through and uh putting mario and stuff letting another company borrow and try to incorporate it with the type of game that they want to do this type of thing so what i feels like to me it's like a big old collaboration between nintendo and ubisoft 
hopefully it's going to be something that's going to be of higher quality than what we're that some of us are initially thinking about. Because every time I think Rabbids, I think of the terrible games that were on the Wii. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think of the Minions. Mm. They're kind of like that. They're the video game but, equivalent uh, of the Minions. Yeah. Certainly. So like I I haven't I haven't consumed much. Uh, media that that deals with the rabbits like i've kind of seen them here and there but i've never actually like consumed it i always get a very minions vibe from them though just well, real wacky and... they are quintessentially like the the rabbits is sort of like the minions where they're kind of annoying they're kind of like uh, have used to like maybe a few like certain blunt sort of uh comedic relief sort of things i mean they were more akin to rayman obviously because that's where eventually that's where it kind of spun spun off for on the Wii and stuff, where, like, Rayman's Raving Rabbids and stuff like that. But, uh, other than, like, starting off the subsidiary and things, they also had their own cartoon show on Nickelodeon. Mm. Never watched it, but, uh, it's just the fact that, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting that Ubisoft would actually go back to the Rabbids sort of way or sort of pool. But, uh... It also makes me kind of think about this maybe like a Mario Luigi style game where it just features the Raving Rabbids. And because of the track record that uh, Nintendo has had with their past couple games that are on the 3DS, it doesn't really leave a bit of positivity for me personally looking in as it could be like, it possibly may be like a mediocre sort of game at best, but I've not seen any gameplay. I've not seen any type of like atmospheric type of things. I haven't even gone through and see some of the conceptual art that's been leaking out on there. So you know what? I'm gonna be fairly positive about this. I wonder how much <laughs> input Nintendo's actually got in the the development of the game because I mean, oh, the the article says that Ubisoft is the one who's actually developing the game, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, okay. I wonder how much like say Nintendo has or how much input. Uh, or even influence Nintendo is going to have. So, yeah, I mean, there's a chance that it could be structured similar to, like, the Mario, Luigi RPGs, or it could be something completely different. Like, it's kind of weird, kind of interesting. Yeah. Yes, there's quite a few possibilities for that. Yeah, and I... <laughs> you really... Um, I feel like this is almost like a pay-to-play kind of thing uh, in gaming, in the Nintendo sense, where it's like, Ubisoft's like, hey, you want us to be a part of this? Which is weird because usually Ubisoft loves to be the part of at launch, uh, cons consoles at launch. Um, like, you want us, you want a game from us? Uh, then give us Mario. And it feels like almost like they held held that out there as a bargaining chip, and they gave it to them to get a big uh, non first party game, but with a first party character um, to get it on their console. And I feel like this would. I mean, without knowing anything about this game, I imagine E3. I bet I, I, I imagine this game has to be announced then, officially by Nintendo to, um, you know, to to be relevant by the time it launches. Uh, that's what it feels like to me. And those rabbit games, like even when it first came out, I played the little bit of the first one on the Wii when it's a launch title on there. Uh, there was like a buttload more after that, after the fact. Uh, you know, played those ones, but. The reviews and everything about those games has been middling at best, so I'm not positive with the fact that Ubisoft is making it. That this is going to be a great game. Uh, I'm hoping that since huh. Mario was in it, that maybe Nintendo will put their like put their foot down and make sure that there is that Nintendo polish to it. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't have really high hopes for it. I hope this. 
I, I imagine if anything, like if this game comes out middling, if it's like a 70 something in Metacritic, when it's all said and done, I think that will be the best bet for this game. Uh, I was actually just thinking, correct me if I'm wrong, but Nintendo kind of announced at their, uh, their investor call that they aren't going to have like a major presence at E3 this year. Is that, am I correct? That's have you guys yeah, heard that? They won't officially be at E3, but they'll have the direct like they always So do. they will have the direct. Okay. So that that's confirmed. Um, Pretty, I was wondering, yeah. uh, if maybe this game might show up at the Ubisoft press conference. Ooh, that's, huh. A- that's actually an interesting idea. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. I hope. I literally just thought about that. First, I was going to ask about the Nintendo Direct. And uh, while you were saying, like, while you were talking, I just kind of ha- like had this flash in my mind. I was like, I wonder if this is going to show up on stage for Ubisoft, which would be an interesting thing. I... Well, it's definitely making us want to maybe watch the Ubisoft press conference, considering that that's a possibility. Yeah, since... Ubisoft is usually one of the first ones to go, and Nintendo is always the last to go. I wonder if Nintendo or Ubisoft, or I guess maybe Ubisoft will want to announce it since they're making it. Yeah, I, I bet it'll have a bigger, more a bigger audience to it probably than Nintendo would. Mm, I don't know. That also makes me wonder: has has any Nintendo game ever been on the stage of another press conference other than Nintendo? iOS, well, really Apple. Oh yeah, yeah, they did for the Apple thing, yeah. huh? Yeah, with Super Mario Run. That'd that be kind of unprecedented, though. Time. Yeah, huh? I, I wonder if Ubisoft. That's something has to some... look forward to. Yeah, I wonder if Ubisoft's ever done Wii stuff though. Like they've, they probably announced some Wii games, uh, exclusive games, uh, back in the day. But, yeah. During their press conference, yeah, during their press conference, I wouldn't be surprised if they have. I don't know off the head for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But, yeah, I mean. Huh. This could be, as far as Nintendo goes, outside of the Apple stuff, as far as in video games goes, this could be a first, a big first for them, um, potentially. That almost is more interesting than the game itself, Yeah, honestly, honestly I'm, I'm more interested <laughs> yeah. in the run-up to this game being announced than I am the game at this point. And I, like, I hope I hope this comes, they, they, they show it off, and it looks cool, and it's amazing, and the, the people love it. Uh, I just... With the fact that when I when I read in the article that Ubisoft was making it, at that point I lost all hope because it's Ubisoft and they're not exactly the best at making video games sometimes. Oh, they're they're constantly now trying to fight off Vivendi, you know. So like it's kind of a weird dynamic. You (laughs) never know like from week to week like what kind of situation Ubisoft's in. So yeah, it ought to be super interesting. Like I I honestly think the story behind the game is probably going to be more interesting than the game at this point. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised two years from now that's still the case. Uh, but moving on to the next topic. Uh, so Nintendo announced some details on the first uh, expansion for the expansion pass for Breath of the Wild. Uh, they announced it when they first, when the game uh, at the Switch press conference, that there was an expansion, expansion pack coming to uh, Breath of the Wild, uh, the first one coming out in the summer. The second one coming out in the winter time. Uh, so they've got some details on the expansion pass number one. No release date yet, just still summertime 2017. But what we do know is there will be a hard mode. Um, so all the, all the characters that were a medium difficulty were now bumped up to hard. Uh, so everybody's went up a notch in the world as far as, uh, as, when, as, far as you go through the world. So especially when you want to, the Great, the great Plateau. Uh, it's going to be even harder than it was before. 
Uh, they added a mode called Trial of the Sword, which sounds kind of like a horde mode. Um, and, it, and you go through what they said, forty about about 45 waves. I don't know why they go about, but they're not being specific about that. Um, <laughs> and once you beat it, you unlock the true power of the Master Sword, which I imagine means that... Uh, I think what... Actually, not what I imagine. I think what they said is that basically you always... It increases the power of it, but you'll still have to have the spoiler i guess for the master sword in breath of the wild um after a little bit you'll have to wait and let the let the master sword recharge um after so many hits and wait like 10 minutes so that part will still be there but as far as i think it will increase the power of it itself um another thing is that there'll be actual monsters in the sky throwing shit at you so you can possibly go up there and fight them if you want to with the with the, uh, the glider, um, maybe, hopefully. Uh, that's the thing they're, add, they're adding to the game. Uh, more stuff they're adding is the Hero's Path, where you can actually see where you've gone, and it will give you a, uh, a full like tracking of everything you've done in the game for up to 200 hours. Oh. So whatever you've done in the last 200 nice. hours, it will give you a path and draw out on your map where you've gone. So if you haven't gone through a section... Maybe that you a good area of the map that you missed. It'll show you on there. You'll go through the map and it'll show you like, oh crap, I haven't even gone through the north. I completely section. ignored this whole chunk of the map. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if you <laughs> you're missing some shrines or korok seeds, or you just want to see what's in that section, or see what maybe you miss, that's a good way to go. And that's that. That's pretty cool. I think uh, the other thing is there's gonna be a chest out there somewhere in the world. They haven't said where. Uh, they have what's called the traveler, uh, the travel medallion, uh, which you can use to make a fast travel point for you. So if you want to, if there's an area you go to frequently that doesn't have a, a fast travel near it, you can set, you can just set that there, and it will be your fast travel point. And you can move it to wherever you want, but you can only have one fast travel point at a time. Uh, so it'll be the only fast travel point that's not a shrine or a uh, tower. Uh, the last... Does it give details on that? Like, do you have to physically place that someplace yeah, you for have... that to become a fast travel yep, point? Yep, you have to put it. You can you can put it anywhere you want. Be physically place it there, and you can go back to it anytime until you move okay, it. Okay, so it's not like a go to the map and just lay down. Oh, I want to fast travel here. No, you have to be there and then set it down yourself. Um, huh. And then the, the last thing is they announced a lot more outfits uh, and masks to use. So you have like a Korok mask that you can put on. It's just like the, the, the well, all the Korok people have the little leaf looking thing you wear that and it'll actually it'll uh, a alarm kind of thing will go off it tell you that there's a korok seed nearby so if you're trying to get all 900 of them that's probably not a bad way to go also the tingle outfit will be a thing so you can look dressed up like tingle um the mask from majora's mask so majora's mask you can wear and also uh minna's helmet from twilight princess and a few other ones as well. So that's coming sometime this summer. But that's kind of the big things coming to the first pass and the expansion pass of two. You guys excited about this? Is this going to make you go back to the game uh, this summertime? I'm still playing the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. But uh, do you think this is... I mean, a couple of the things sound kind of cool. Like the uh, the Traveler's... Medallion. Way... No, the the thing where it actually traces your steps. Oh, Hero's Path. Hero's Path. That seems kind of cool. I don't know how much use it would be, but it'd be really neat to be able to see, like, kind of the the 
the trail that you've blazed uh, through Hyrule would be kind of cool to see. Uh, I see the Korok seed uh, mask probably be pretty useful, trying to hunt yeah. down Korok seeds. Most uh, but yeah, I mean, the rest of it doesn't necessarily appeal to me a whole lot. I don't care about hard mode. I'm not necessarily interested in a horde mode. But I mean, yeah, it is what it is. I think, but the, the thing that, that I know we talked about when this was all announced was that you have to buy the season pass to get uh, either of the the sets of DLC. So uh, if you want that story content that's coming in the winter, you still have to buy the season pass. So you might as well, yeah. you know, get a piece of the action now. Yeah. What about you, Gables? Oh, most definitely. I'll probably pick it up sooner or later. I mean, especially since during the holiday season and stuff, it's going to be expanded sort of uh, single-player content, too, for, like, the story stuff. So I'm going to be definitely probably picking it up, like, uh, maybe, like, around another month or two. Who knows? It's when I feel like I want to go back through Breath of the Wild and stuff, which, hey, it may not be until another few months since I'm too preoccupied with stuff, but I will go through and probably get this dlc pretty soon <laughs> yeah like i already bought the expansion pass i picked it up uh when the switch first came out um and i remember we talked about back in the, when they first uh, announced there was being expansion pack like i figured the first one in the summertime wouldn't be much of anything and they even kind of said so when they announced the expansion pass is that like there'd be some stuff comes in the map that you can use and the second one you're really gonna get the, the full expansion pack uh full um dungeon everything to it uh in the winter time so i'm not really disappointed or anything or upset about it i guess because they kind of told you in advance i'm if you went into expecting something that sucks and i you know i I feel bad but you know you probably should look more into it beforehand or kind of kept your expectations in check uh but this is kind of i think a lousy or shitty uh expansion if you bought like it's like if you bought a season pass and it's just like, hey, here's some uh, some more armor or bullshit skins you can you can have. Here you go. And that's yeah, what I mean, like. especially if you're already done with the game, like yeah. you know, it's nothing oh, that's yeah. going to draw you back to it. Yeah, and and that's where I'm at. Like I haven't beat, the, I, or I, I I have beaten the game, but it's just like other than the hero's path, where you, it draws out where you like it shows everything you've done, like travel to and everything. That's the only thing about that wants to make that wants me to go back and check it out, see what I've done. I put forty hours in the game, which is a lot for me to put into a game that's not Madden. Uh, so <laughs> I would like to go in and like see like all the areas I've been to and see what I've missed and like haven't checked out. Uh, but other than that, like I don't think I'd go back and like I want to go check those areas out. I don't know if yeah, I really. No, it's just more like, huh? That was cool. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like that would be it for me and nothing more. But like, yeah, like the, the outfits, I don't give a shit about because I pretty much wore the exact same outfits through ninety percent of the game. Uh, you went through wearing your Nintendo Switch T-shirt. I never got the Nintendo Switch T-shirt. <laughs> I got like I, I missed all the. Like, that's another thing that pissed me off about the expansion passes. Like, like hey, here's these. There's four chests in the game that you can find, or there's four chests in the game that have like you can only get if you bought the expansion pass. But they're not like right there at the beginning where you you can like easily find them. You gotta go out and find like. I'm sure I could look it up in the internet and go get them right now if I wanted to. Easily. Ain't nobody got time for that. But fuck that. Like, I paid you real money for this thing. Just give it to me. Just let me have it. You know, it's like not like you're giving me anything that breaks the game. You're giving me a literal T-shirt uh, that's a switch on it. Uh, but yeah, like hard mode, 
I fuck this game's hard enough as it is. Fuck that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to make it harder. Yeah, fuck, no. Uh, uh, yeah, that, no, definitely, especially in the beginning. Yeah, fuck that shit. Trial of the Sword, like I like the mm-hmm. combat, but the the combat of Breath of the Wild isn't good enough to the fact that I want to play through a horde mode. Um, I don't want fucking enemies flying above me, throwing shit at me either. Uh, yeah, there's. Outside of that, and then the medallion thing is kind of cool, but there's, that's it. Like the hero's path and medallion, like that's the, the two big selling points of this to me. And if you're if you're still playing the game, or you're picking it up later on the line, uh, I I can I wouldn't blame anybody for buying the Spanish pass right off the back. But like as far as like four months, three months or so later after the game's been out, like there is no reason to jump back into that and check out those there's no yeah there's no benefit really to me or i don't think most people to like get those and go back and jump into it again and then if you want to just play a great game over again which i completely understand um but yeah uh yeah having having not uh finished it and um not bought the season pass yet i think i'll wait to see what that winter dlc looks like before i even decide if i'll you know even spend the money on the season pass uh historically i don't necessarily spend a lot of money on season passes or dlc typically i'll just play through whatever you know is included in the vanilla copy of a game and and be perfectly content Uh, very seldom have i bought dlc and thought that it was like super worth my while to buy so i i i'll just make the call when whenever we find out what's in that winter chunk whether or not i'll even uh, bother yeah, spending the money to get the season pass at that point. Yep, and it's probably a smart move. Actually, like I, where we're at right now, it's like I I don't necessarily regret it buying the season pass, the expansion pass, or season pass, or whatever, because it's only twenty bucks. It wasn't a steep price point, but it's like I definitely not get my money's worth out of it. Um, uh, at this point in time, so I'm hoping that the the, the winner one is fucking incredible because I feel like it has to be to be worth it. Cause that's really what we're all. That's really what everybody's is buying the buying the expansion pass for is for that. Um, I agree. Yeah, you know what? Uh, not like I said. Like I said, there's not a lot. Not a lot of news coming out right now. We're kind of in the run up to E3, so there'll probably be some weeks where there's no news or a lot of rumors and leaks and shit like that. So yeah, we'll probably get a lot of leaks right right before E3. Yeah, so it's going to be kind of a hit and miss week. Are hit or miss as far as the news goes for the next few weeks because people are holding shit in and shit's leaking out everywhere. So we'll find out. Um, the next month or six weeks or so is going to be really interesting as far as games. Uh, not so much maybe new games coming out, but news goes. Uh, but I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to hear more from us, we are on Facebook. We have a page and group. It is Drunk Dash Nerds. So like and join us on there. On uh, Twitter, we are at Drunk Nerds Pod. Follow us on there. It's a good place to go, um, both Facebook and Twitter, as far as um, when the episodes first come out. Those are the first places they get updated. When they do come out, um, if you're not on any of those or don't want to check us on there, we're on YouTube. We have, a, 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 I guess, an account on there. It is Drunk Dashers Podcast, or Drunk Dashers, I'm sorry. So subscribe to us on there. Um, it's been kind of weird sometimes where I'll post a show and it could be right. It could be an hour later. Could be four days later. Sometimes it takes for the show to pop up on on there. So maybe not the quickest way to get us as we come out. I don't know. I can't really control that as far as that goes. I'll tell you what, though. You just keep an eye on Twitter, and usually that link goes out on Twitter, uh, the YouTube yep. link. So 
That yeah. way you don't have to search for it on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, so that's, yeah, I, that's what I say. Like Twitter, Facebook, two best places to go for as if you want the show the minute it comes out, the best place to go. And also on Twitch, uh, we are Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. So follow us on there. And uh, when we're streaming or anything like that, that's a good place to check us out. And uh, now you know what we're doing, what we're up to. Uh, so I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I was your host, as always. I was Tyler. I've been Troy. And until next week, everybody, I have been Colonel Gables. The legend lives on. <laughs> until next week, everybody. Bye. Boys. beers there anyways we're on itunes now so go on there check us out and if you like us leave us a review and we'll even shout you out and jack will send you his credit card number